Hello and welcome. You are listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resilience of field workers. From experts in member care to frontline field workers, our guests will bring you their experience, their lessons learned, and always something practical you can take away and use to increase your resiliency in cross-cultural life and ministry. Co-hosts Silas West and Steve Finley are just one part of an ever-growing and strengthening net of member care in the Antioch movement. They want to see Matthew 24, 14 happen and do everything they can to help field workers have the kind of resilience that enables them to make it for the long haul. Well, Resiliency listeners, we're so happy today because last time, uh, our last episode, we interviewed Lauren Volpe, who is a a counselor at Baylor University here in Waco, Texas, and we wanted to have Lauren come back and join us for a second time because this is a very unique episode for all of you who regularly tune into Resiliency or who may be new because our intended audience today are TCKs. They're MKs. They're your kids, or they're kids within your mission point where you are, where you would say, "Man, I want my kid. I want you know those kids to hear this." So, Lauren, we're so thankful today to have you and to just to have you back with us and to be able to hear your heart, um, not just about the subject of missionary kid resiliency, but for you to be able to talk to missionary kids today. So, welcome. Thank you, Steve and Silas. It's it's great to be back, and I'm excited to to talk with MKs today. I think it'll be an important conversation. People are going to think that um, that we just talked with you last week, but it's actually been about two months since the last time <laughs> that we we talked. But uh, two so, COVID months, which is like equivalent to two years. That's know? right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. But in our last interview, you, you mentioned that you had the opportunity to go to several of the Breathe conferences and were able to sit down with over 150 MKs and listen to their stories. And I was just thinking as I was listening back to that interview, the impact that that must have had on the kids that you spoke with. Um, and so as an MK myself, I've, I've kind of lived that life where I felt like a huge part of me was invisible because it wasn't understood. And people around me just assumed that just because I look like them or have the same accent or the same blue passport as them, that uh, especially once I left the field and went to college, that I was just the same as them. And so very few of them had, had ever taken the time to sit down, ask me the kinds of questions that helped me to feel heard or seen or understood. And so just the impact that must have had on those kids to have somebody do that with them must have been pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it really has been an honor to, to be a part of this conference. It's through Catalyst International, and it's for couples, individuals, families, and I specifically, as mentioned before, have been able to, to sit down with kids and adolescents, and I, I can't tell you what a gift it is to hear the stories and to hear the perspectives that they hold. And and you said it well, Silas, that it's a very unique experience and people can make assumptions based off the way we look or the color of our passport or even our accent. And it can be so contrary, so different to how we feel inside about ourselves. And so I I think it can be really helpful to have a space to to talk about those, those things with somebody else. And, and I've just been so grateful that I've gotten to do that. 
yeah, I wish I had that space when I was when I was growing up. Um, so for our, our, a group of kids that one of their greatest skill sets in life is to have to adapt, whether they want to or not, whether it's an inerrant in them or not, uh, they have to learn how to fit in or more accurately, not to stand out too much. Um, and how can we understand our own identity? So I'm speaking right now for our, our kids as, as one of myself uh, for our MKs. How, how can we understand our own identity when we have to fight so hard to fit in with people who don't get us? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think if it's one um, that MKs aren't asking, they're probably feeling it in some way and maybe don't even know how to name it yeah. because it's just complex. And as I think about it, I'm, the, the idea of a puzzle was coming to mind. And I was thinking about the different lived experiences, whether that's um, living in a particular culture or attending a particular kind of school, being from a particular nation. I'm thinking about those in terms of a puzzle piece. And for many of our MKs, um, they're sitting there and they are looking at all these puzzle pieces that they have. So let's just, for example, say that they're from Australia. Their passport says they're from Australia. They've got that puzzle piece. And then they've got another puzzle piece of living in India. And they've been there the majority of their life. And that really feels like home to them. And then there's this other puzzle piece of the color of their skin and how that contrasts to the place that they're living in India. And maybe it looks a bit different and their hair color and eye color and accent. And then maybe they're going to a boarding school. And at that boarding school, there's individuals from all sorts of different backgrounds living in, you know, from all sorts of different places. And so you're holding these puzzle pieces. And then there's this puzzle piece of being a missionary kid and what that means about you uh, or what maybe people think that means about you in terms of what you believe and what your life is dedicated to. And then maybe you're the oldest in your family or you're the youngest in your family, right? There's all these different pieces. And I think it's easy to, to almost set them down on the table and think there's just no way these can go together. These are so different. How, how is it even possible? And so, so many MKs kind of walk around holding these separate pieces and depending on the setting they find themselves, they'll maybe present that one. They're on furlough back in Australia. Hey, everyone, I'm home. Even though inside, you just don't feel home. You're missing home in India. Mm -hmm. Or let's say you're at boarding school and you're, you just hold that piece. People know you as the missionary kid. And that feels like that's your only identity. And, and you just kind of hold that because you don't know how to talk about all these other pieces going on. So the way that I would just encourage and MK to go about trying to make sense of their identity is just first naming what are your puzzle pieces? Like maybe you're really creative and you want to actually draw and cut out some puzzle pieces. You want to write on them these different aspects of who you are, where you're from, things you care about, your experiences, put them on these different pieces. Or maybe you're a little less creative like me and so you want to just write and that's wonderful too. Or maybe you like to talk. 
So find someone to talk to and talk about these different pieces. And as we do that, we start to integrate these pieces into a bigger picture so that we're not just one piece, but we can hold all of them together. And we can say, boy, it doesn't seem like these fit, but, but they do. And I, I can make meaning of these experiences and I can look at them together as a, a whole piece, a whole piece that fits together and makes a beautiful picture, something that's maybe unexpected. I didn't know this would fit together, but it does. And that's who I am. So that's what I would say to do is to start by first identifying, make some meaning, and then figure out how you're going to piece these together. And for some of you, that might feel really meaningful to do that with God. Like we can say, God, these pieces make sense, but these two don't make sense to me. I don't know how to fit these together. God, can you help me do that? Or maybe you really trust your mom and dad and want to bring them into it too, where you've got a mentor and you just say, hey, can I talk to you about these things? So it can be so helpful to bring someone who's safe into this process to help us make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, where were you when I was in, in high school? That would, have, uh, <laughs> that would have been a great conversation to listen to. So when I was young, I, I didn't know that my life was, was marked by transitions. It just was. My life just was what it was. But um, knowing now with this kind of looking back ability, can see how transition and loss was a huge part of just my growing up. Uh, I moved back and forth from boarding school. So, you know, every three months it was putting everything into a footlocker, going to another place uh, for a month, and then going back to boarding school. So I never really knew where, where home was in that, in that case, even though it was still in Kenya. But then we go in furlough every four years, and the adults around me would call it home, like what we, like you mentioned already. Um, which I didn't want to claim for myself, but if I was not going to rock the boat or stir things up, I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Then all my friends would go on furlough on a different schedule than I would, so people coming in and out of my life. So transition was all around me, and I learned to cope by disconnecting from the pain of it and just making it, this is normal. This is just it's just the way it is, and I don't need to feel. I don't need to feel even sadness about it. Now, of course, since learned that... Uh, what was normal to me wasn't actually normal and didn't uh, I didn't grieve transition loss all of that kind of stuff like I should have but um, how can how can MKs how can our listeners uh, reflectively and effectively face the reality of loss and transition in a way that helps them to like to to stay connected to those puzzle pieces um, Mm -hmm. not become disjointed from the puzzle pieces but also to not um, just tune out and numb themselves from the pain of, of all the loss and the transition they're facing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, first, Silas, I just, I'm having such a visual image of you packing up so frequently. And you probably knew what to do. You know, it's just like, this is normal. All right, got to get my stuff, got to put it here, got to get ready to go, got to fly going to land like you you know and this this is the story is that it is like you said although it's it's not normal maybe and when I think of normal I think of more typical right it's not a typical experience of a child or an adolescent and yet for someone who that is their lived experience that is typical 
right? It's like, yeah, this is kind of normal. It would actually be kind of strange or weird to probably not be on a plane as often as you were or as our listeners are, right? They're just used to it. And you might even get a little bit bored if not, because you're just ready. You're ready for the next thing because again, it's just, it's your typical experience. And yet what you said with transition is transition disrupts us. It disrupts our rhythm, it disrupts our norm, even though there may be some great things to the transition, we go on furlough. Maybe we get to see grandparents or cousins that we don't get to see all that often. Or maybe we get to go in a swimming pool that we don't typically get to swim in. And so there are some exciting things. And yet, like you named, there's also pain. And just like anybody, we don't like to feel pain, right? If if I have a headache, I want that headache to go away. I want to drink water. I want to do what I need to do, go to sleep to get that headache to go away. And so for you, Silas, when you begin to feel that pain, an emotional pain kind of bubbling up inside, you wanted to get rid of it. So you said, I'm okay. It's fine. It's not a big deal. And how adaptive, right? You're trying to not feel something painful. And yet it's all still in there. Sometimes I think about it like if there was just a pile of just old food on the ground, stick with me, there's old food and it's just gross. I'm not trying to look at it. So I just put my rug on top of it. You know, it's like, I don't want to look at this food and it's, you know, I can't see anymore. I've got this pretty rug and it's all covered up. Maybe there's like a lump, you know, cause the food's under there. Um, but in time, what's going to start happening? Oh, it's going to start smelling pretty bad. It's going to start smelling pretty bad. Yeah. And in time, it's just going to get worse, right? It's going to get to a point where it's like, all right, I can't pretend that there's not something under this rug. I'm going to just need to get rid of this stuff and maybe even throw away this rug because now this is probably ruined. And sometimes that's how we think about our emotions. Like when we get to a point where we just stuff, push it away, say, I'm not going to look at it. If I don't look, it's not there it'll kind of come out sideways, right? It'll come out in maybe a metaphorical smell. Maybe we'll start feeling sad or maybe we'll start feeling really angry and we don't know what's going on. And that's our body telling us there's something inside that we got to deal with. So when emotions come up, we got to feel them. We got to notice them. And Silas, as an adult, you've been able to look back and say, hey, there was a lot to grieve that I didn't grieve. And you're able to do what you needed to do back then. You can do it now and you can process your experience. But for you, MKs, what I would encourage you to say is, this is hard. This doesn't feel good. This smells, right? Name what's going on. You don't need to add any sort of, but it's going to be okay. I'm grateful I get to go to go see my grandparents. I'm lucky to have these experiences. Those things might be true. And I, you know, I bet they probably are for you. And yeah, it doesn't take away from the fact that there is, there is pain and there is challenge in transition. And so I would encourage you just notice it just like you would notice a bad smell. Notice the sadness when it comes. Notice the disappointment when it comes. When you're going on furlough and your friend just got back 
and you're missing them again, that's super painful and that matters. I think sometimes as kids we think, well, I'm just a kid, you know, my stuff doesn't really matter so much. Mom and dad's work matters a whole lot. But I'm telling you, this is your world. This matters a whole lot. And so I, you know, I want to encourage you to grieve it. And so sometimes um, at the Breathe Conference, what we'll do is we'll think about highs being positive, exciting, wonderful experiences we've had. And we call these mountain experiences. And then we, we talk about these valley experiences, which are the painful, the challenging, the losses. Because all of our lives are going to have mountains and valleys. And sometimes we just like to look at the mountains. And I get it. Like, I do too. But, but we got to look at the valleys too because they're there. So again, right, if you're a creative person, draw some mountains and valleys. Um, maybe you live in a place with lots of mountains and valleys, or maybe it is so flat and this will be a way for you to just think about where you might want to be and, and just depict your experiences. So you could draw them out, you could write them out, but again, this is a way for you to process what's going on inside. And sometimes we think, what's the point of that? But the point is, it's like the picking up the trash saying, this is here, and then doing something with it. And it's such a productive way. And it's, in fact, a loving way to care for yourself by looking at what's going on inside. So that's what I would encourage to do is just to name it. Name what's going on. Feel your emotions. Um, and again, if, if you feel safe, if you got someone in your life that's safe to, to share these things with, I would encourage you to just talk about them. And nobody needs to fix it, and probably people can't. Uh, but it's important for you to be able to share those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about some of the transitions and losses being so normal uh, for, for us as MKs. What are some of the other things that uh, that you've talked with with MKs that they've shared with you that um, it's normal, but they just don't have the right words to help them express their feelings. It just, I think one of the things that was, was striking me is how our lives feel, make us, make us feel so abnormal. We don't fit in. Um, but in a lot of cases, it's really just our lives, our lifestyle, our realities are kind of abnormal. And if we could learn to separate those things a little bit, but not having the language for that, it's really hard. Um, so what are some of those other things that you, you heard people talk about, kids talk about that made them feel abnormal, but it was really more about their experience than it was about their identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good distinction, experience versus identity. The two can get pretty blended and it can get confusing, especially when we're kids and adolescents. Um, you know, a big one surrounds belonging and that being connected to our identity and that being connected to transition, but longing for a place to belong, a place to feel understood and accepted. And I think that that's something that we all have deep inside of us, that we desire to belong because God made us to know that we are good and we are loved and we are safe and we are found in him. 
And sometimes the complexities of the world make it hard for us to connect to that. And then especially when our circumstances and our experiences are really unique, it can make it very challenging. So I'd say belonging is a huge one. Another would be identity. And we touched on that a bit ago as I was talking about the puzzle pieces. Um, but just the identity of who am I? You know, I've had so many MKs who have, have said, I'm just an MK. Like they don't have any other way to describe who they are in terms of talking about culture, even personality, interests. It feels like simply naming that they're an MK, that feels like the best descriptor of who they are. So that's a big one. And then there's, there's so many conversations I've had with people um, who feel misunderstood. And so that can be on so many different fronts, but there's some that are so simple, even related to people thinking there's giraffes in their backyard. Oh, you live in Thailand. So you probably have elephants walking around everywhere. Is that right? Or you don't have running water. And in case that I've talked to, they're thinking, what? Are you kidding me? No, I don't have elephants in my backyard. I don't have, we have running water. We have everything that you have. Everyone thought I lived in a grass hut. Yes, yes, yes. So that can happen. But in the same conversation that I'm having with, with some um, MKs and multiple are saying, yeah, people always think that, oh, it's so annoying. There's someone in the group who says, I do have elephants walking around <laughs> and we don't have running water. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he was kind of laughing, sharing that with us. And, and he lived in a very remote area in Africa. And, um, that is more of a non-typical experience. So he was probably with a group of MKs saying, I don't feel like I belong with these MKs mm -hmm. because I don't have running water and I do have wildlife in my backyard. Whereas this other group of MKs, the majority were saying, what? No, we've got running water. We don't have these kinds of animals. So it, there's just such a complexity to what the MK experience can be, depending on where you're living, where you're living in the world, where you're living in that region. Is it going to be more rural or more urban? What kind of school you go to, homeschool? You know, there's just so much to it all. But that can lead to just simply feeling misunderstood because people just don't get it. Or maybe they just don't know how to ask questions to understand. So I'd say that those are the big things. And then Silas, you talked about normal again, you know, the sense of normal. And I think a lot of MKs have this idea of what normal is. Mm -hmm. And in their mind, it's someone that's, um, maybe it's a friend that's, from the country that, that they are from, their passport country, or maybe it's a cousin, and they kind of have this image of what the life looks like of maybe a normal person. And they long for it, but they don't even know what that would be like, mm -hmm. right? It's just so confusing. It's like, I want normalcy, and yet I don't know what that would be like. And it's so different to how I live and my experience that I kind of can't even imagine it. So it's like there's this longing for something that we don't even know what it is or what it would be like because it's so different to our experience. So all this to say, 
this is a complex experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so important to name is it's unique, it's complex. And we've talked about challenges, but there's also some incredible benefits Mm -hmm. to being an MK. You guys get to see some cool things and travel to some really cool places. And your worldview is expanded. And for a lot of you, you love it. I've talked to so many MKs who say, I really like it. It's hard. And this is sad at times. Transition. It's weird that I don't really belong. But I wouldn't want it any other way. So I think it's important as we talk about some of these challenges to also name that there's a lot of wonderful things, too. And we want to make room and and hold space for for both. Mm -hmm. What would be some of the things that you and your conversations with MKs, you know, have even just stated, you know, I want to be not necessarily an astronaut or anything like that, but like, man, I want to be thankful for what, you know, whatever it is. I don't want to put thoughts in your mind. Sure. What's coming up is I want to be accepted and I want to be understood. Yeah. Because, you know, normal is a setting on our washing machines. (laughs) Human beings are not normal and they shouldn't be. We're all unique. Mm -hmm. There's some maybe more typical experiences but that doesn't mean they're better by any means. Mm. But as humans, we all long to feel understood and to feel accepted. Wow. And that's, that's who our heavenly father is. Perfect Mm -hmm. acceptance, perfect understanding of us. Lauren, you have a, you have a tremendous heart for this audience. We, we learned that when we first got to know you and in our last interview with you, just what do you want to say to the, the TCKs, the MKs, and their parents who are listening to Resiliency right now, uh, what's the one takeaway that you would want them to have from this interview? Can I share more than one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's a few things coming to mind. And one is you are not forgotten. Mm -hmm. I think there are some MKs who feel forgotten. They feel like the organization that sent them, the church that sent them, forgets about them. And they feel isolated and alone. And I want them to know that they're not forgotten. I'm thinking about people that I've met six years ago, and I still hold their stories and remember them and am so thankful for just the time I got to sit with them and talk with them and laugh with them and cry with them. And and they need to know that they impact people. So for you listening, we probably haven't met before. And I want you to know that although we don't know one another, I know that you have an impact on people and you matter. I also want you to know that you are insanely special. You're not weird. You're not different. You're not not normal. You are so special. From the time that I have sat down with MKs, I, I just find myself struck by how intelligent and insightful you all are. This has nothing to do with how smart you are, but it has to do with the unique experiences that you've had with people and cultures and how that shapes your worldview in a way that is 
is remarkable. I don't have any other words, but I could just sit and listen to you for hours because you have a lot to say and that matters. Um, you're fun and you're deep. God sees you and he understands you. And I think for a lot of MKs, maybe you feel loved by God. Maybe you feel loved by your parents. But maybe you just, because you feel different, maybe you wonder if you're likable. And and I just, I want you to know you are, is that you are lovable and that you are likable. And you matter so much to the Lord. He's so proud of you and your courage. And, and so it matters for you to feel your experiences. So while I want you to know all these things about you, I also want to encourage you to take time to keep keep exploring your puzzle pieces, keep exploring your mountains and your valleys and and think about them and create them, whether it's writing or drawing, to give yourself an opportunity to just process your experiences. So I'd encourage you to do that and to keep doing that. you really can't do that enough and to share it with those who are willing to listen. Wow. Lauren, thank you so much. Wow. Just, I'm encouraged. I'm not even MK sitting here. (laughs) (laughs) He's just oozing encouragement and, and uh, speaking identity. Thank you. Thank you for the Mm -hmm. carried a heart. You've carried a a love into this time with these uh, MKs. And now we just ask that you would pray a, a blessing of impartation on them, if you will, to end our time together. Mm-hmm. Of course. Thank you. God, we thank you that you understand our experiences. You understand our pain and our loss and just what it what it looks like to live the unique lives that we live. God, I thank you that you are with us when we feel alone and you are with us when we're hurting. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come to comfort. God, you are the God that gives peace. And Lord, I pray peace right now over the MKs that are listening to this podcast. Pray peace over their mind, body, and soul. And an experience of witness that you are with them. God, we pray blessing over them and their family and safety. And and Lord, we pray these things by your power and by the hope of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again, Lauren. Yeah, of course. Great to be with you guys. All right. Bye-bye, Lauren. Hey, listeners. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to Resiliency. If you have a story to share, we would love to hear it. Email us at resiliencypodcast at antiochwaco.com or send a message on Instagram at resiliencypodcast. And as always, thank you for tuning in to Resiliency. Resiliency.